Today's episode is brought to you by Away. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash braincandy and use promo code braincandy during checkout. Welcome back. Did you miss me? <laughs> I missed you. Where have you been? And I'm so rude. You listening. Have you? Yes. I bet you did. You didn't like log in one time. I know. Well, you know what? There's very little service yeah. out on the open sea. Well, I learned. Okay. Welcome everyone to 47. This is episode 247. And Sarah was gallivanting, globe trotting. Globe trotting. And you were in where? I was in I the Amalfi know. Coast. In good old what Italy. What part of the boot is that? It's like the toe, but like the, the laces almost, but low laces. <laughs> and like what goes on there? Uh, like what's the industry? You know what's interesting? Fishing. You could say anything and I would believe Right, it. right. I'm like, uh, mangoes. No, um, it's it's a lot of... I, oh, I went to Italy a lot when I was younger. My mom was a tour guide there. And so we spent a lot of time there yeah. and she speaks fluent Italian. She's yeah. like part of the culture, blah, blah, blah. It seems like Italy has kind of become more touristy in a way that's turned it into Disneyland. Ew, really? It is not like every single little town that we stopped at. We talked at these five little towns that are all on the coast. There's like Positano, Sorrento, um, Amalfi, Capri and um, some other one. Yeah. And uh, they were all basically the gift shop at any museum or something. Yeah. Like, or is it worse than that? Worse. Like the boardwalk. It was like, yeah, the boardwalk. Oh. Every single thing was the same shop. I, I mean, I got back on, but I was like, wouldn't it be great to have a little diversity in these shops? It's either loose, flowy, linen clothes. Right. Italian leather sandals being made on the spot, which yeah. was going to be your birthday That's present. Cute. But I was like, how do I get custom made sandals for her <laughs> with my foot? I mean, I know we both wear a seven and a half, but right, right, I right. feel like, you know, that might not work. They make them right there though. That's right cool. there. Yeah. They have all the little, it's real cool. I want to do that, but I didn't have, I didn't have time you nor the patience. Solid, so right. solid. <laughs> and then the other thing is that uh, they're very famous for their lemon production and their citrus production down there. So they have Pretty much every single shape, every single thing you could possibly think of that is lemon shaped. Oh my or it's god! Like everything. And so when, when you and Gretch were talking about, uh, I hope she brings back some souvenirs. I was like, <laughs> yeah. well, the only reason I didn't because I wasn't sure about how they felt about lemon soap because that seemed like the only thing that they sold in any shop. I was like, right, it's either where's... lemon soap or a Panama hat, a custom leather shoe, or a flowy linen dress. Damn. So I was like, and I couldn't even find any salt. That's tragic. Although she really did bring me Italian, it said made in Italy, oh, Italian wow. salt nice. from Sheboygan. <laughs> and it is good. And so. she's right. I have not been to Sheboygan. Don't they have like olive oil or something? Yeah. I mean, they did. Oh my God. And we bought some. And Where's that? Well, this world traveler over here. You didn't. Brought home you my carry on. And guess what? Olive oil and balsamic in the trash. No. And honey. Sarah. Uh-huh. Oh, I would have thought the viscosity of honey could have been like oh, a wink. The, you know what? We we were in Switzerland where they were checking all the bags. They're a little stricter in Switzerland. Who would have thought? Oh, me. 
Why? They're the, neutral. The inventor of the Swiss Army knife and the watch <laughs> isn't about like precision and accuracy. But they are neutral. That's their whole thing. <laughs> That's so silly. They're like So you rule made it out of Italy. Because uh-huh. are you ready for this? Yeah. We flew private. Oh my god, really? Mm, yep. My husband's boss had we went back with him to Zurich and he Just the four of you on this plane? There were six of us, but yeah. What wait. Yeah. Okay, so that plane ride, they were like, whatever. They were like, what else? Who cares? Yeah. Bombs. Straight from the whip to the baggage collection. No, no. Once you got around the, whip, the regular no people, claim. yeah. then they were like, I'm sorry, ma'am, this honey's got to yes. go. They were like, yeah, yeah. You're allowed to bring guns and knives on your own plane. <laughs> right. But, that's but what I mean. You can't bring. Yeah, shit what's this? A bowling on- ball candle? it's fine fine. keep it moving a bowling ball candle oh well i mean (laughs) i could see you at like the customs or whatever like trying to drink that all oh my god i really i was like what can we in my mind i was like can't we just i don't know check it send it back like i was willing to go through customs again like go through you know just check like i don't know they said no yeah oh well like well, and they also every single bag of mine got looked th- like searched. Really, and then they took a clear plastic bag and every like you know the teeny tiny sample bottles of perfume. Oh yeah, they did not like that. That was not in with the in the clear plastic no. bag with it, the fluid <gasps> or liquids. What did they say to you? They took everything one and put it. They're like this. this oh my this, god! This, and then you put it into a plastic bag. I was like, this. I'm not gonna the. Point zero ounces of perfume is not gonna. I do not appreciate any sort of like create the illusion of safety. Yeah, because I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> All you TSA is that. bullshit. <laughs> it is totally the illusion. I'm like, half the time nobody's looking at the. It's either they are. Or they, I, I have zero tolerance for that. Yeah, and they're so serious about it. Yeah, and they get so mad. I mean, I've seen a million heist movies where there are like so many workarounds. All it takes is knowing one person on the inside. You put something on the bottom of a beverage cart that's going through somewhere, and it's like there are. Come on, right. and also here's another thing. Uh huh. Soda cans. Yeah. What about them? Have you ever broken a soda can in half? No. And w- w- how sharp the aluminum? Oh yeah, is? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't bring my That's cuticle clippers, point. but I, you are going to give me an entire soda can that I can turn into a freaking machete with the simple twist of my wrist? Wait, that's how you can break it? I oh, would well. think you'd need a knife. To- no, you can like go back and forth because oh. it's metal. It'll break. That thing is sharp as heck. <laughs> as heck. <laughs> I just like... Yeah, there, I'm surprised there hasn't been... It's those things where I'm totally. like, this doesn't... D- where there's a will, there's a way. Come on. Yeah. I mean, if prison life taught us anything, <laughs> you can make weapons out of things. I'm surprised there hasn't been an incident since that shoe bomber guy. But like mm. Gretchen and I were talking about on that episode about the guy that stole the plane. Did I, I can't remember if we talked about it on there. Oh, I, I, you know what? Do you I, know still, about I still it? have like 20 minutes left in the episode. I must have not oh, gotten to that or, part yet. Or maybe we've talked about it privately. I can never remember. <laughs> yeah. But like the guy got on an airplane did you were you not you around? mentioned the suicide that there was a suicide or something with an airplane i don't in seattle this guy but I, don't, I didn't hear about this he hopped in i don't know if they keep the keys in the dash or what the heck he turned, he stuff, takes off 
In a pla- airplane? Airplane. Like commercial airplane? Yes. And they had to send those escorts. And like, oh, He was talking be. to air traffic control. Get out of town. Swear. And he was up there for... Oh, uh, but like, my perfume like, is a problem? Oh, yeah, they're Fuck worried off. about your balsamic vinaigrette. Yeah, I mean, for real. It was like all sealed in every way it could possibly... I mean... I know. Aged eight years, man. <laughs> I wonder if he had any on his flight. <laughs> well, we'll never know because never. he crashed it. Oh, oh. But oh like, why God. would you commit suicide that way? I don't know. That's awful. I mean, just... That seems like a lot of effort. I did, however, look... What? I hate to say I love it, what? but the weather balloon gun story. Oh my god, it's so funny, right? The the, the fact that she her mind went to the perfect crime <laughs> is pretty much my favorite thing. Me too. I listened to that That's episode genius. and I was like, she's hilarious. She's so funny. Because I was just thinking about the suicide and stuff, right. and she's just like, I can't believe more murderers. Why have nobody that? thought of this? All That's these genius. weapons in the air. Right. The other thing that the dolphins I, are being killed by bullets, not by balloons anymore. <laughs> The other genius thing is um, when vitamins don't taste like hot garbage. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. I mean, Tell us I, how to get some of those. I'm a ritual lover. Ritual has vitamins that taste like mint, finally, and they're time-released, so they don't make you sick, which was always my problem. So I just didn't take vitamins. Mm. And so then I was told I was deficient, which so many people are. They lack vitamin D or uh, other things that they don't get through their diet, and Ritual Vitamin solves that problem. It'll fill those gaps that you're missing from your food. And it's super easy subscription-based service. 95% of women don't get the vitamins and minerals they need on a daily basis. That's a lot of people. Wow. Ritual created a smarter vitamin with nine essential ingredients women lack most. Go to ritual.com slash brain candy. You can choose clean ingredients backed by science. Sign up now at ritual.com slash brain candy. I really love them. I take mm-hmm. them every day. Same Z's. Um, I do want you to tell them the story, though, about some bad things Whoa. that happened in yes. Italy. This was one I was, I mean, I could not wait to get on here and talk about as unfortunate as it was. So let me paint the picture. Yes. My husband and I are on this boat for 10 days. I am, in every sense of the word, an introvert who needs time by herself to recharge. recharge. Yeah. I couldn't get any of that. So yeah. it made me real frustrated. So I was like, you know, I want a day where we can just get off the boat and I can just like do my own thing. Give me like an hour, two hours, whatever. So we're like walking. Big mistake. Big, huge. So <laughs> uh, we stop at this port town. And it's the first town that we dock at where we're in a marina not just like off a mooring can, like out okay. where you're like right in the town center, you know? Okay. This is more like you're... In the middle of nowhere. And it's like a port sound. So it's more like where they're doing shipping and it's a shipping yard and it's not like... It's a good 10 miles to the city center. Right. So it's not... You can get to the city center, just hop in a cab There's or not take a lot the going metro. on there not that a lot you going want on. to be involved with. But I didn't know that because it, every single other city we had stopped at in the past seven days were these great little towns where you just hop right off a boat and you're right in the middle of everything and they're selling all that stuff on the boardwalk right there and, you know, they've got the lemon soap. There wasn't any lemon soap to be found where we were. Yeah. It was like... I So we're walking down the, the was street. Was this daytime? Daytime. This is probably like... Two o'clock, mm-hmm. and it is hot as balls. Yeah, kind of like, like it is right now in yes, the studio. <laughs> exactly. 
like this. <laughs> 93 plus degrees outside. I'm in, so... You're in so your I'm new in, linen outfit. Basically. I'm in this, like, long, flowy dress that has, like, a deep V, and I'm wearing, like, a bathing suit on underneath. Yeah. And... Then as I was leaving, um, one of the guys on the boat was like, oh, it's really hot out there. Make sure you grab a hat. And so I brought my big hat. So I'm walking down the street in this big hat and this long, flowy sundress and, like, you know, looking like I'm supposed to be in Capri or the Amalfi Coast, not a port city where I'm walking down the street. And uh, so we're walking down the street, and I'm, like, in a mood now, you know, because I'm, like... I've met that girl. Yeah. This is the wave of water bottle that somebody moved. <laughs> and uh, Landon was like, I'm going to get a, stop in here and get a water. And I was like, I'm just going to go off by myself. Like, I'm, uh-uh. I'm going to find the metro. I'll meet you back at the boat later. Whatevs. <laughs> so he's like following and can like see where I am for a little bit. But then I get like turned around or I'm following the sign to the city center. But it takes me. It's like the city center. But the traffic way right, to get there, the not the footpath yes, way to get there. Yes, yes. So now I'm like, oh shit, I got to turn around. I think there was a metro back the other way. Like I take the bu- the train, hmm. and so I like I'm turning around. I walk, walk in the other direction. My phone is dead. I have no phone. I don't know where I am, which was my first mistake because that's like rule number one: always know where you're going. Sure. And I did not know where I was going. I didn't wasn't familiar with where I was. I don't speak the language. And as I'm walking down the street looking for the you know, the, what do you call it? The, the Metro, some guy screams, like yells something at me from like, maybe like 50 feet away. From a vehicle or no, a pedestrian? No, he's like pedestrian. Okay. And he's like waving me, like flagging me like, Hey, Hey, you know, it says, it says something Italian. So I'm like, oh, what? you know, and then he comes up to oh me. Oh my God. And I'm What thinking, is he, is he looking like a nice guy? He's looking like a guy who maybe doesn't get a lot of female attention but like but uh nice enough all right normal looking normal looking and i'm thinking like you know in every one of my experiences italians are like wonderful and they're so willing to help and like italians are like come in and have warm uh, yes yeah i'll I'll not only like give you water but i'll make you pasta Mm -hmm. and so i was thinking he's like notices that i'm lost and it's like gonna tell me direction so he was like approaches me and he's like hey i've been watching you walk up oh and my down. god in well, italian he first said in italian something and i was like oh um you know no no parlay italiano mm-hmm. and uh then he's like oh okay and says in english like i've been watching you walk up and down here and i was oh like my god. oh i'm just trying to find the metro and he's like well would you like to get some lunch would you like to get oh my said, god no he didn't. i'm actually looking for my husband and he's like oh well a married lady i like that even better <gasps> and then wouldn't i was like well you know i'm actually trying like at what point are you like this is no bueno. right after he said the thing about still like and married women, yeah because yeah, yeah. then it felt like more aggressive and he started getting closer to me and i was like well unless you're gonna po- be pointing me in the direction of the metro i'm gonna be walking in the other direction okay and then when i went to go do that he grabbed my hand and then I, I like, I don't even know what I did then. I said, like, I got my hand loose and then I said, I'm leaving or like, I'm, I'm getting out of here. And then he grabbed and fondled my butt <gasps> in a way that felt so like, not like a slap on the ass, like, 
like he got all up in there and I was wearing like this flowy dress where it was like I felt all of that and in that moment I have had I had fantasized for so long about right. what I would do yeah. if somebody ever tried anything with me. Yes. I've got this all played out. I went to the self-defense classes. Sure. I was like, I'm first I'm going to like karate chop them in the Adam's apple, and <laughs> then I'm going to poke them in the eyeballs, and then I'm going to kick them in the dick, and then I'm going to twist his balls. I don't know, whatever. I had like fantasized. As anybody who's been a victim, of yeah. sexual survivor of sexual abuse has ever like replayed it and it's like, well, next time I'll show them. In that moment, I fucking froze, just like they say. And the only thing I could think to do was slap him. And I didn't even slap him in the face. I slapped him in the like shoulder slash neck that almost just looked like playful. Like it wasn't even like, it was like the way I would slap my little brother because I don't know how to punch. I like can't even bring myself to hit somebody. Yeah. You know? And like, even in that moment, I was like, this is all I know how to do. I'm just going to slap you. And then I turned and ran into, and there, luckily there was this like tobacco shop that was right there. So I ran into the tobacco shop and the woman who was working there was probably around my age and didn't speak any English, but I could like mime what just happened. And I was like, a man followed me then tried this and this. And it was, and I was like trying to get a taxi. And so she was oh so nice. God. And she was like, can I get you some water? Cause it was obvious that I was really like shooken up and like, Somebody What's, else. What do you think his intention was at that point? Well, I will let you know. What? So, flash forward. So we get. I finally I get the cab, and I head back to the boat, and I get on the boat, and nobody's there, and everybody else has left. So I like I find. A, I charge my phone, and I I download a. There luckily is some like free Wi-Fi in the marina, and I download the WhatsApp app so I can make an international call to Landon and call him, and I tell him what happened, and he's like, "I'm I'm on my way back. I just like got to the dock. I'm you know tried to find you, blah blah." And then the other people who were on the boat arrive too, and I tell them what happened, and they tell me that the neighborhood that we were in is a very popular neighborhood for prostitutes. Mm. And in Italy, how you tell a woman is a prostitute are tons of tattoos. No! Yeah. You are kidding me. I'm not kidding. So that this is some bad gentleman mistake, I was wearing the wrong costume in the wrong neighborhood. Oh, which my I, if God. to me was like, oh my God, is this a what was she wearing thing? But it's like, well, I, you know, I was straight up mistaken for an Italian prostitute. Oh and now I can God. see why. And they were also explaining to me that that's kind of the, the, how it is there. There's this game of like, no means yes. And like, kind of like a little like slap and tickle kind of really? like, yeah, where it's like, oh, they're, they almost play hard to get. And that's like a thing. And so he thought that I, this was just like a, a part of a game. And at least that made me feel a little better in some weird way. Right. But, um, then that night and how I know this to be true is that night we left the boat again to go out to dinner and we're in a cab this time driving past the same neighborhood. And also I should have known when I passed two, what they called sexy shops <laughs> on the way to the Metro too. You were in like the red light district. Yeah, basically. I mean, these, this story does not make you want to travel maybe, but overall, <laughs> I'm sure you're glad you, you had a good vacation in yeah. general. Yeah. And what can help a great vacation is an away luggage piece. Oh my gosh. It's something that I could speedily get out 
of a dangerous situation. Well, and you with. could charge your dang phone. Oh my god, yes. Oh, Tell me how. Away luggage, which is my favorite. I love it. Their carry-on is amazing. And part of why it's amazing is that it has the ability on it to charge your phone or any electronic um, right there from your bag. Um, it's TSA approved, of course, high quality, um, materials. They have different size bags for your needs. And it's just so, I mean, Sarah's phone is always dead. So always. really, I mean, this is, there's no excuse for that when you're traveling. I'm at 89% battery today. So <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and they have free shipping on away orders within the 48 continental U.S. states. Um, and you can get $20 off a suitcase if you visit awaytravel.com slash braincandy and use our code braincandy during checkout. That's $20 off a suitcase. Visit awaytravel.com slash braincandy and use promo code braincandy during checkout. And my friend Kelly reminded me that I should remind everybody that um, sometimes people are like in their cars and stuff and can't write down the codes. Mm-hmm. I put them on our website, thebraincandypodcast.com, oh, so that if you want to look later, you can see what um, codes are and what the offers are. But anyway, um, so like how do you recover from something? Even if you think like it was mm-hmm. um, a misunderstanding, yeah. Yeah. which is helpful, but yeah. still you went yeah. through a painful yeah. thing. And when we drove through that neighborhood that night... Every the street were was lined with, with ladies. ladies who looked like just you? like me in shorter shorts. And, Shut up! Yeah, like covered in tattoos. Well, so what would you do differently besides not go to a red light district? Um, like if you're being oh, attacked. Okay. Oh know. God, that's what. That's the biggest. That was what. Like the actual event wasn't as traumatic as the feelings that I had afterwards because Regret. it was all yes. Regret and this feeling of guilt. It's almost like, you know, we talk in therapy a lot about the feelings about the feelings. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like your feelings are one thing. They're like the the secondary emotion. Yeah. But the primary emotion that's underneath that or like the feelings about the feelings that you're having can be more painful than the actual surface level feeling. Yeah. So I was feeling guilty for feeling victimized, for feeling like all of the things and, and this the awareness of what happens after somebody is sex and I would classify that as sexual assault. It I mean is he sexual touched me. Assault. And so that's sexual assault, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. In my mind I was like, was it like sexual harassment? No, that's no. just words. It was sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that video of the guy who slapped the girl in the ass yeah. and she took him down and beat him up and all that. And I was like, damn, I didn't do any of that. I could have been a video. Well you were at a real disadvantage though. Totally. Because you were in an unfamiliar environment mm-hmm. and you didn't speak the language. Yep. So that's two huge things. And he could have maybe his first words were like in Italian would have been something that would have told me that he thought I was a prostitute. But since there was a language barrier, I did not pick that up. <laughs> I was like, oh, I he's asking for that helping coming. me with directions. Right. You know, so if I could go back and do it again, I would almost not do anything different as far as my actions because I don't think that I, fi- I don't think that I could. I think that something comes over you in those moments where you, the way you react is just the way you react. But I think I would have had more compassion and forgiveness for myself for how I felt afterwards and would have been more gentle on myself and said like, you know, when I remember when my grandma passed away, 
I understood all the stages of grief. So in some way, in my mind, I thought I was almost immune to grief because I was like, Aww. well, I get it conceptually, so it probably won't happen. It's totally different. Totally different. And that's how I felt about what happened after you're sexually assaulted. It's like, I understand the process of what a victim goes through. So I must, that probably won't happen to me. And then when it did, I was like, oh, this feels awful. That is terrible. Yeah. And I am so glad that it wasn't worse. Dude, me too, Suze. Because in my mind, ooh, and then the other regret I have is like, you know, in this is like sometimes people do this. I'm like, you know, getting into it with my husband and I'm like huffing and puffing as I'm walking down the street. And I'm like, oh. in my mind, I was like, you know what? He's not going to stay. Like, I hope somebody does do something to me. I hope I do get mugged. And I hope then maybe he'll like, you know, care or whatever. And I freaking got exactly what I was asking for. And it was, but like, I mean, we all have those yeah, thoughts. We do. We're like, oh, well, you know what? If I got in a car accident on the way home, then you would be, yeah, you'd that'll be teach sorry. You. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. so that was like the, the thing. I was like, that was so dumb of me to think like that. And it just, you know, it's the, the feelings about the feelings that freaking suck. Yeah. And I, I totally relate to that idea of regret. Yep. Um, whenever I have that feel like the, anytime you think, even if it's just like dropping a glass or something and you want to go back five yeah, minutes right. and just redo, yeah. that's a terrible feeling. Ugh. So especially when, and then the what ifs are horrifying. What? Uh, the, horrifying. That's terrible too. Because I'm like, this guy told, like, he's like, there's my car right there. And like, what if he were more oh, aggressive? And did you see dragged, his car? Yeah. Would have dra- taken me into the car or like there was a. He could have easily pulled me if he were a little more aggressive or wanted, you know, he could have done, it was, we were in a place where he could have easily pulled me into any alleyway and, you know, dude, I just fantasized. And it, ugh, I thought for some reason that, like, I think that a big reason why I got a bunch of tattoos was almost like as like a coat of armor to be like, oh, you know, I, I look tough, so I'm probably not going to get stop because i don't look like one of those wussy girls who's a victim yeah i look like tough and you wouldn't want to come near me and the truth is like that how silly of me to think that tattoos are going to prevent me well i mean signaling does matter it does but unfortunately i was walking like how my mom has always trained me to walk which is like big swinging arms walk like you know where you're going there must have been just a moment where i just didn't you know do that well i'm proud of you for what you did do oh, i'm pl- you slapped his face or what no nah, shoulder area <laughs> it's all shouldery shoulder i was i just i like i wish i could just go back and do different then i, I would karate Travis adam's apple maybe next time maybe next time like cover up those tattoos i know that was like if i have any advice if you're visiting a port town in italy just like you know do some research sarah like, oh I don't know God. what I... Well, what is the attire of prostitutes, as so I do not get confused about Yeah, you'd think that would be an international language well, there. We, I, you would, but, and you know what? The attire was. It was very, like... But the tattoos were... Maybe it is, and maybe I just, like... I don't know. Mm. And then when I, I... Because before I knew it was... Be, before I knew the whole prostitute thing and how they have a lot of tattoos and that could be what was happening here, I really genuinely thought this guy... Like, when he approached me like that and was hitting on me in that way, 
I thought he was just genuinely hitting on me. And in my mind, I was like, does this troll think he has a trance with me? Has yeah. he seen me? And I'm out of your league, like, sir. I'm like way out of this dude's league. And then when the guys in the boat were like, oh, he, the, uh, you look like an Italian prostitute. I was like, oh, that's why he thought he had a chance with me. Right. Because in real life, that that, that dude with his receding hairline, this, his cul-de-sac hair. Oh, now she's given a descriptor. Yeah. Before she was like, he looked normal. Well, I mean like normal as far as like, you know. A, a man. A he man. looked like a man. He, he looked like a man. He <laughs> had <laughs> <laughs> like cul-de-sac you know yeah. bald spot well uh when i was reading before about uh or when we were talking about the charging your phone thing i remember could you mind if i change the subject oh please do i remembered this thing that was on twitter the other day about how um apparently there's these stickers that you can buy that are they look 3d and they look like um, plug outlets, oh my and people God. are putting them in airports. That's so funny. And they're just watching people get furious. That is right up, right up there with people who glue quarters to the ground. Who does that? A character from Empire Records, and it's the funniest thing ever to watch people go track. <laughs> Because a quarter, okay. you're going to pass a penny, but you ain't passing up a quarter. True. I would pick up a And quarter. then how many times would you try to pick it a up? A lot. Before, right? A lot. Hilarious. <laughs> so a plug. Oh, that's, yeah. that's funny. And so like there'll be pictures on Twitter of people like getting <laughs> mad about it. And like if you're the one that put the sticker there, you could sit there all day and watch people all day. try oh, to plug in their phone or whatever. That would bring me so much joy. <laughs> but... I don't know why. It is so mean, though. But is it really that mean? It's mean. It ruins the person's day for like two seconds. <laughs> and if you're the kind of asshole who lets a fake plug <laughs> destroy your afternoon, right? You deserve that prank. But what? <laughs> but if you really needed it, like you do at an airport, the fucking get your away bag uh-uh. and stop complaining. Well, yeah. <laughs> But, like, somebody posted a picture of them, like, trying to do it Uh and being like, fuck the person that put this sticker up. But they were, you know those big, like, Apple plugs that are, like, rectangular? Yeah, yeah. They were trying to do the top plug, and someone replied, like, fuck you for trying to take up the whole outlet (gasps) by putting that that giant thing in the top one. Oh, my gosh. That's what I feel about anybody who used, like, if you have the strip, and you go middle strip with one of those, how dare you? Fuck you. How dare you? You would knew that there were so many plug courtesies, but there are. There are. And oh, I feel like when those airports, there was a time where the airports, there was like a changeover where they were like, oh my God, people yeah. need outlets. Yeah. We're going to add them. But then none of them worked. It's like they didn't flip the switch oh, really? on. So it's like they had them all out there and it was like a tease. So the airports themselves were playing this cruel game, but they actually had an outlet. But I remember being at an airport and literally trying like 25 outlets going, nope, 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 (laughs) nope, 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 nope. None of them worked. Like this is a cruel, cruel joke. So there you go. Well, it's not a cruel joke is when you get that fat bit fun box at your door. Ooh, that's the opposite of a joke. That's like (laughs) ha ha, but fun. (laughs) It's not cruel at all. The fat bit fun Ball box is here, Ooh, people. Last time it was a great scarf in there. Lots of good stuff. Lots of full-size items. It's a seasonal subscription box delivered four times a year with full-size fashion, beauty, home, fitness, and wellness products for just $49.99 a box. And as you know, I always get excited. Last time I, in my box was that uh, exfoliating. Yeah, I got it too. Yeah, they're amazing. Uh-huh. Love that. It's called. It was called the Foreo. Foreo. Yeah. And that was really cool. I'm seeing that everywhere in magazines now too. Right. Yeah. And so the fall box is going to be the same. It's going to have uh, 
Some people will get a tote. Some people will get a six-piece brush set, which I always get excited about brushes. And the total retail value of the fall box is over 275 bucks, um, up to 403, depending on the selection. Yeah. Um, but every box includes a sheet mask, a beauty blender, stuff you Ooh, love. A beauty blender. Right. That's good. Right. Get one. excited, people. Sign up for FabFitFun today to get your fall box. The FabFitFun fall box is in limited supply, though, and they always sell out. Use our code BRAINCANDY to get $10 off your first box. Go to FabFitFun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well lived. Use promo code BRAINCANDY to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use our code BRAINCANDY to get $10 off your FabFitFun box. Speaking of boxes, you and your sister did not make nearly enough trimming the bush jokes when you talked about... Oh my God. I was like, <laughs> somebody make a trimming the bush joke. Somebody. It's like, it's like on it the office whenever they won't let Michael say, sh- uh, that's what she yeah, said. Yeah, right. Like that's you're exactly. dying over there. I'm like, please, please. I did feel like it was implied because we did keep laughing. Uh, yeah, that lady. I mean, I have to show you a picture. I, know, I can't wait to because... see. And Gretch is right. He's in love with Gloria. <laughs> Avi, come on. I, did you guys listen to that episode? Because oh, Gretchen, so it was a real treat. I missed Sarah, but it was really fun to uh, sit down with Gret too because you know sister sister i'm just excited because i still have like 20 minutes left of the episode and i'm like Aww. i get more more my god know. right i've missed you mm. and i mean all these stories yeah man not all oh good, my though. god what guess what i saw i r l it totally exists remember okay <laughs> what is my favorite Dying. subject to have ridiculous facts about <sighs> one thing my like this thing that I ha- I know a weird amount of knowledge of, and you're like, why does she all what bring this up? Um, God, let me think. Mm, I genuinely don't know. It's lobsters. What do you mean, though? Remember how I? Well, I'm going to tell you. Why no, what this do you is- mean that you're some sort of lobster? Oh, because you said they don't die. They one don't time. die. <laughs> they that one in two two million of them are blue. Uh okay. Yep, that's yeah. coming back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's fine. Just carry on. But you'd have to press play. I already did. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. So, yes. I paused it for a second so I could think, and I still couldn't come up with it. So that's why she's like, you have to press play. play. (laughs) I want to tell people about this, not just you, Susie. So, (laughs) like I have told you before, that one in two million lobsters are blue. Yeah, why are you yelling? I went to a restaurant. That sold blue lobster oh, awesome. as an option. That's awesome. I was like, you did order I, it. No, because I was like, Landon was like, you don't want to order it, do you? Because you feel like it's taking away from the percentage of them that are on the planet, don't you? And I'm like, yes. How did you know? Are you kidding? I me? took pictures though. Oh, okay. That's because cool. come on, I had to. But what color blue? It's interesting because it's not what you'd expect. Like, and I, I think that this was a. Like, they could probably be a range of blue, and, like, the really blue ones are more rare, but it's almost like a bluish purple. Oh. But I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe you didn't order it. I'm In actually mad. And it was really expensive. That's also why. How it was much? 120 euro, euro per kilogram. Oh, my God. Like, right? Kilo? Kilo. Kilo. Yeah. Kilo. Kilogram, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got it. That's crazy. Yeah. So, it's, you know, expensive and... 
wonder if it tastes the same though. I do too, but I couldn't bring myself to eat it. And, and, and the seat that they sat us at. You could see them like walking around or what? We were share. We were, we, if, if we were both dining, we would hit claws. <laughs> Stop this. <laughs> he was in the tank. Like the tank sat next to my chair and I could touch, I could put my hand on the tank and be like, hello, little friend. Oh my God. And so I just took tons of pictures. And he would like put pictures. up his claw. Yeah. He was like, don't eat me. Was he big? They, they were small. Like oh. probably about mm, I wonder eight if blue or nine ones inches long. Are small. I'm thinking they're just so rare that they pluck them up real quick and, you know. Yeah. Or maybe there's like an area where that, because it's a genetic mutation. So it's implied that if it's a ge- genetic mutation, that there's probably an area where yeah. there are are more of them or there's two lob that, that sure. you can breed them or whatever it is. I don't know how it works with blue they lobsters. They should breed them. Right. So I think that's what they did is, which is why they're less blue than, than one that would be like. In the ocean. You know. Um, but they did have other lobsters there that were huge. The biggest ones I've ever seen. Wow. Enormous. Do they have a different name? Like King Lobster, you know? Nah, I didn't look. You know, like King Crab. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I think it's so funny though that you consider yourself like a lobster expert. <laughs> yeah, I do because I know like two facts. And then you're like, Suze, what do I know tons about? I mean, like that narrows it down. <laughs> I was really thinking that you'd come up with that one quick. No. Mm. I mean admittedly you do know a lot i do about- feel like in another episode you said why do you know so much about lobsters <laughs> right. which is the only reason why i said suz what is that thing i know way too much about <laughs> then, then when we had the episode where you talked about their they, how they are immortal they are <laughs> dahlia, dahlia obviously listens to the show our assistant and she said she went out to her mom and was like, did you know that lobsters are basically immortal? And her mom was like, have you been listening to the Breaking Bad <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, makes sense. Yeah. But, like, I'm still not buying that. Because mm-hmm. that's not a thing, even. Okay. That is not a thing! It is a thing. They are always in a state of sexual maturity. They never are out of... The only thing that creates starts us dying is basically losing... The ability to procreate like those the same way like that's why you know you basically start dying when you're like 26 because like once you've reached sexual maturity everything else of after like not sexual maturity but like based by bio, bio- fertility. fertility yeah everything else is just pew. oh my god what now well, i was just thinking back to that article that we both read about the dating thing that you talked about with how at 18 is when we peak oh my god was that depressing to read oh my god the whole thing i was like well this sucks and the internet is awful yes um that article was old in ladies the- are fucked it was <laughs> not actually literally <laughs> just figuratively it's all awful <laughs> that article was in the atlantic and we talked about how Women peak at 18 and then it's down from there, whereas men peak at 50 and it's really not much change at all in their life. And then it reminded me of Nanette, which you thankfully watched before you went to Italy, and how she said, no woman peaks at 18. Stop wasting my time. Right. And I was like, at church. Yeah. I mean, because that is the damn truth. And what about... Oh, come on. Could you think about yourself at 18? Uh, yeah, I don't have to like, watch it on VHS. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like I was so far away from my peak at come 18. Like, on. Like, I was basically needy and desperate. 
at eight. And, and I didn't even look my best. Me neither. In fact, I looked my worst at 18. <laughs> I was knee-deep in Tuesday's sacrifice. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, do you know about how Dane Cook is dating a 19-year-old and he's 46? Shut up. Mm-hmm. And he like... Okay, well, he's disgusting. Freaking pervy right. weirdo. And like somebody tweeted out, because he posted on Instagram like, the old like age is nothing but a number, and mm-hmm. that would be a lot more believable if you when you start dating seventy year olds, Dane. Right, like if nothing but a, if it's just a number, then why is it only twenty five year old uh, younger than you, mm-hmm. twenty five years younger than mm-hmm. you that you are willing to date? Mm-hmm. Same goes for Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. and his revolving door of who's just like Jack Nicholson. So like it isn't just a number. No, it's just a hot piece of ass but it's gross man like i'm not saying well, it can never fulfilled. be legit i think that sometimes it's legitimate and then whatever but like by and large yeah. this is something that grosses me out yeah well and the, to me what you're, you're depriving yourself of if you're a man who chooses to date that is real companionship right because what on earth does a 49 year old can a 46 potato potato what does he say? How do you connect with a night? Have you ever hung out with nineteen-year-olds? But I it's think like maybe they're it's speaking true. another language. Maybe it's true in um, his case because he he might be really immature. And, oh, that's a good point. And that is, you need to work on that. But there's still like, you know, if you're laughing about, uh, like, you and I can talk about TV shows from when we were growing up, and there's, like, some overlap, and it's, like, cool. we can laugh about the same things. And yeah. could you imagine if, like, one of you grew up on, you know, Cheers, and the other one grew up on, I don't know, whatever. Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Was. Yes, totally. It's like that. It's like, that doesn't matter. And you know how when you're young, you make all those financial mistakes? Oh. Like my leopard print credit card that I thought was a good idea with 23% interest rate. Yeah, I'm familiar with those dumb financial mistakes. How do I fix that? If you've ever looked at your credit card statement and probably been shocked by the interest rate, then you understand. Um, But there's a way that you can actually roll all your credit card debt into one monthly payment at a lower fixed interest rate. I've had listeners who've done this. I've had a family member who did it and got a way lower rate. By using Lightstream, they offer a credit card consolidation loan from 5.89% APR with auto pay, which is lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 18%. You can get a loan between five dollars and $100,000 as soon as the day you apply, and you just go on their website, and it's super easy, um, and it doesn't take a lot of, like, paperwork and stuff and fun fact lightstream plants a tree with every loan <gasps> they fund no yes and our listeners oh my god get, i love that i do too we love we're real suckers for those things yes it's so nice. that's all it takes just companies just do those little things our listeners get a special discount on top of lightstream's already low rates the only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash brain candy L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash brain candy. Subject to credit approval rate includes a 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash brain candy for more info. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, wait. I did want to talk more about the dating thing because in that um, article... You mentioned earlier somebody, oh, about how you were out of that guy's league. Uh-huh. Oh, yep. 
And it yep. talks about that yep. in the article. That, isn't that crazy? Yeah. It says how people um, always shoot for about 25% out of their lead. Yep. And that can mean different things, like maybe looks, or it could mean other things like power and finances, like when you're out in the real world. Yeah. But this was on dating sites, they were saying, mm-hmm. which usually is about looks. Yeah. Um, and that I thought it was so interesting. It was a really long article. Yeah. And it had a lot of stuff. Like I kept wanting to write more things down. Um, how about how intelligence is looked at as a negative? If you have anything over a gr- undergraduate degree and you're a female, right? It, well, it only counts, for females. Only for females. Yeah. It counts against you. Yeah. And here I was <laughs> bragging about this on my Match.com profile, like I'm a smarty pants. <laughs> Meanwhile, it was preventing me from dates. Isn't that a shame? A shame. And the- oh, that's gross. We have the, to lie to make ourselves dumber. When people ask, like, I thought it was interesting when you ask somebody what they desire, they say, um, <laughs> what are those? Let me see if I have it written down. There were three things. Um, I think it was intelligence, kindness, and there was one more that was like a virtue. Humor? No, believe oh, it or that, not, because that's I what would, I thought. That, I would think that, but it's the one thing you can't judge off that. I guess... Maybe through some funny stuff that they would say in their profile or like how they talk, but it's hard yeah, to judge wit. humor. Yeah, but then, but the truth is, we really just desire mm-hmm. someone that's hot. Mm-hmm. Like men and women mm-hmm. prefer that, and men prefer it more. But we're both we're both guilty of it. And I thought it was interesting. It said eighty percent of first contact is made by men, and women only respond to like less than twenty percent. Yeah. And so they were encouraging men to just like, it's a numbers game. Just be well, it persistent. it seems like that when I was on there that they were playing that what? game. What would they do? Oh my God. I would open it up and I would have like, especially when you first get on there and they're like, ooh, new f- fresh meat. And there's just a hundred messages in your inbox and uh, they're all one sentence long. That was the other thing I thought was interesting. And they said, it's not about the content, about the, like the length of message. Oh. Oh Yeah. That like actually should, shorter ones yeah, were better. Yeah. You're and right. Isn't that weird? Yes. Because those are all the ones that I ignored. And they said even people who put in time and effort, it almost was like a waste to put in time and effort to say a lot of yeah. these things. And now I'm realizing that I'm combining two articles in the Atlantic. There was that one, mm-hmm. and then there was another one, and the, the virtues were kindness, exciting personality, and intelligence is what people say they want. Yeah, they don't want them. They don't want that. And people lie. Oh, my God. That is like... Intelligence, kindness, and exciting personality. Uh-huh. I'd say those are my three of my best traits. They are. I was thinking that <laughs> as I wrote it. I'm like, that sounds like Sarah. <laughs> but luckily, you're also hot, so it's like oh, fine. Okay. Well, thanks. But yeah. like, it said what people in this separate article. I can't do anything else. Like, I forget <laughs> I to nothing. return phone calls. <laughs> I barely remember to tie my own shoes. But I got the kindness down. And they said that people, they want someone similar with regards to religion mm-hmm. and like how you spend your money, like if you're thrifty or mm-hmm, not, mm-hmm. but with income and beauty, more always is more. So if you're ugly, you don't care. You still want the hot person. Yeah. And that's unlike religion and thriftiness in that oh, sense. Like yeah. sameness is valued in those traits. Whereas, uh, it doesn't matter w- with, um, oh, attractiveness, yeah. yes. no matter how ugly you are, you want a hot person. Yeah. Which I think is you a know what's bit interesting weird. is like because uh, you know when 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 I remember back in my undergraduate I don't remember what class it was where we discussed this, 
But they said that people usually choose a mate that's within one to two yes. points yeah. on a one to ten scale away from them. And, right. and they are usually attracted to somebody. And I wonder if that is actually true. If maybe that's what we settle for, but the true attraction is still to that 10. Like well, you can't tell me that a two is who I, you know, who's a two, a four is more attractive. Who's a two? To, well, you know, I feel like everybody's got something. You think everyone's average? I think everybody's <laughs> at least hilarious. a four or higher. <laughs> That's like the most Sarah logic I've ever heard. <laughs> Nobody's a one. There are no ones. Okay. But oh. it put that into terms of like in, with regards to hotness, mm-hmm. nobody wants a match. They want a jackpot. Yeah. And that made me sad. Yeah, it makes me sad too. Because I want a like, jackpot with like um, friends, like how you get yeah, along. Yeah. That's and I would I totally, want. and I feel like especially, you know, I look at the guys that I've dated and yes, a lot of them are very attractive. Sure. But I've also dated guys who are not uh, like, you know, and it's like fine because... I don't really care. And there's other stuff that they bring to the table that are like, well, awesome. and usually they're super grateful <laughs> and really good in bed. <laughs> they like make nobody gives an orgasm like a guy who's not who as attractive as yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. The best. Right. So, so like guys should get with like, you know, girls who are a little bit like, uh, give them a chance at least. Well, that's the thing though, is that like what we maybe intellectually yeah. would say isn't, truly what we end up doing right even right the, even though we might think that about those and that's why self-reporting is so unreliable oh, with these totally studies. and i heard this i thought this i'm sure i've said this on here before but one of my favorite uh things or sayings when it comes to dating is that on, on, in the first six months to a year you never meet the real person you meet their representative oh my god God, how long? Six months to a year. Or it could be shorter for some people, but often you don't really know who the person really is until mm, six months down the road. Really? Yeah. Oh, come on. Like, think about oh, the per- I, I can't you're keep just it the up represent- that long. You're just the representative. You're like on your best behavior. You're like talking about, you're like highlighting. I mean, it's especially in the first few dates. But True, I but think I feel like we have a shorter oh, yeah, ability to Oh, yeah, I definitely do. do. You're seeing, you're going to see the real me after about the fifth date. (laughs) What would you do on a fifth date that you wouldn't do on a first date? Mm. Like, is it you would burp or something? Oh, no, I would never. Oh, okay. I've never, oh, you burp under your breath, but I've never heard you like let one rip. No, I can't do that. (laughs) And I didn't even like pass gas in front of my husband until like, I can't even say the F word. Fart. There, I said it. Oh, my God. Ah, sorry, Linda. <laughs> right. We're not into that over here. Yeah. Uh-uh. I'm not into that. No. It doesn't seem to go both ways in my relationship. But. <laughs> well, but that's the difference between us because yeah. I'm not into not it. it no way. No. If Adam was over there tooting. Landon says that that's one of the highlights of marriage is that there's now the freedom to do that. And he wouldn't care if you did or what? Because if it's I a highlight, then you ought to try the, it. The two times that I have, he definitely was not okay with it. Or like, not, not like not okay, was but disgusted. was like, that smells terrible. Did and it I was like, yeah, because we hold him forever. And so what do you think? It like percolates. <laughs> Wait 
Did it slip out those two times? Yeah, or? probably. It wasn't intentional. Okay. It's like a slip. And, and like, he was Ooh. disgusted by it. And it, like it was he it wasn't like we ignored the fart. Right. Gotcha. So Okay. Well <laughs> and, Of course I don't ignore his either. I it's usually an eye roll or a That's it? Because what am I going to do? I've been, I'm fighting a losing battle for the last eight years. <laughs> I'm instilling it in my child, too. I'm you letting should. him know we are not that family. We are not that. We should not be that. There's a place for that. It's yeah. called the toilet. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and right. I always say that it's gross to me because I imagine poo particles. Of course. Right. It's disgusting. Yeah. Have you ever sharded? <laughs> mm. No. Remember when Al Roker did in the White House? No. <laughs> Tell me about that. I don't know too much more than what I just shared, but he was on a tour during the Obama years, and he it makes sh- my butt clench just thinking. He about sharted, it. and was like, "Rot well, see, That's what happens when you just let him rip. When exactly. you're all loosey goosey with the farts, <laughs> you, I'm not. I don't know what I'm working with here. I got to hold everyone in to to safety first. Yes. So that's sometimes I'm like, Landon, there. Ha- that, Check yourself. There had to be. That's there's there's no way that was just air. <laughs> well, whether you're dating or not, you should you know work on your skin, make it nice mm. yes. for yourself, not for your yes. partner. Yes. And the way we do that is bioclarity, as you know. I found out that the Brain Candy Crush uses that as one of the questions, like what skincare product do they love? As like if you don't know it, you don't get in the group <laughs> because you it. have to know yeah, it by you now. Have to. I need more face wash i have to order order okay. order hey order the clear skin routine or the yes, essentials yes. routine depending on what you have cooking and you can also get clarifying masks or the hydrating masks which i people are really i love embracing. the hydrating mask it yeah. really is amazing it, you glow afterwards it's the glow getter and bioclarity is delivered straight to you it's a three-step skincare routine that's 100 percent vegan plus gluten and cruelty free you can get started on healthier habits with your skincare, as you know that I have and I love it. Just go to bioclarity.com. Our listeners get the first month for 50% off a routine, plus shipping is free. And it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee, but you need to enter our code BRAINCANDY. That's bioclarity.com and enter our code BRAINCANDY. And now I would like to uh, introduce a guest. Whoa! She is the author of a very popular book called The Intermission. Um, Alyssa, no, I said it wrong. I always say it wrong. I think it's Elisa mm-hmm. and it's Elisa Friedland. And when I was like, hi, Elisa, it's Susie from Brain Candy Calling. She, she told Corrected me. Yeah. You. And I was like, Ugh! I hate that. Um, but it's a wonderful book. It's a novel about a married couple who is going through some stuff and decides to take an intermission oh. and you get to hear what's cool is they she does the male oh, point of view. This is cool. I love it. And the woman's That's point interesting. of view. Yeah. And so you hear like the differences between how they see the situation. Mm. And it's a, a really fun and interesting book, whether you're in a relationship or not. Um, and we, I talked to her about what it's like writing as a man character and oh, as a cool. woman character. And then also just um, the idea of chick lit and how sometimes it's not respected in the literary community, like books about marriage. When oh, oh, chick, chick literature. Lit. Yeah. I love that term. Yeah, but it doesn't always get respect. Yeah. So I wanted to find out like if she's experienced that or not. Same with movies like that. Yeah. And then we know that they're blowing out the box office. Right. And so like... Like Ocean's... Eight. Uh, eight. Yes. 
crushed it. Right. And we Wonder Woman and all that yes. stuff. Give but they're not the considered high art, yeah. right? Yeah. But if a man writes a book about marriage, uh-oh, she's getting mad over there. Oh, Lord. So I wanted to know, like, has that been your experience or is this all hype or whatever? So, um, and you can enjoy that interview. Welcome to the show. And don't forget to uh, read the intermission. All right. First of all, ma'am, congratulations. This book is freaking awesome. I loved it. Thank you. Um, I'm so excited for our listeners to read it and for then me have tons of people to talk to about it. But for now, you're stuck with me um, talking to you about it. Tell me what it's like now that it's out in the world and people are consuming your your book. It's exciting. I, it's weird and exciting at the same time. I mean, people ask really personal questions as they should, but I think because it's about a marriage and I decided to put a marriage book out there, I definitely get a lot of how does your husband feel about this and how does this affect your own marriage and it's just based on personal experience. So that's hard. I'm not shocked because I would be asking the same questions as a reader, but it's also, it can be a little unsettling, you know? Um, By the same token, just having it out in the world is exciting because I get to hear people's favorite parts. I get to have people have questions. Why did I choose this, that, or the other? And, you know, it's like been my baby for so long that to have it out in the world and have people discussing it, it just feels surreal. Do you feel like that question about, you know, your personal life and then the reflections in the book is gendered? Like, do you think they would do that to a male author? It's a great question. I think they would. I think that marriage, anyone who's married and writes a married book, man or woman, I think would get asked that question. I think it's also my demeanor. I'm a very like open, warm, give me a hug kind of a person. So it sort of breaks down like a a barrier between me and the reader. So I'm not, when I go to a reading or a book club, like I'm not a very stiff person. Yeah. So I think it has less to do with being a woman and just more to do with the fact that I am very casual with people and joke around a lot. So they don't always feel awkward about like going there with the hard (laughs) questions. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. That does, which that's a great thing though, but not for you if you have to endure like all this personal stuff. Right. Um, But I just can't like change my demeanor, you know, you are who are. are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is your, this, you had this debut novel, Love and Miscommunication, that was, you know, everyone loved it and your fancy and everyone's just singing your praises. And then do you feel like, holy smokes, I'm, I don't know how I feel about doing number two, or are you just like, all right, riding the wave? It wasn't so much. I mean, I really wanted to do it because I love this job and I just want to do it forever and ever. I think I have the best career for me. Um, It's exactly suits my skill set and what I enjoy. It was just really waiting for inspiration with my first book. I had a very clear idea of what I wanted to talk about, which was like everybody's obsession with their phone and how people can really feel bad about themselves by going on social media all the time. Like I certainly, that was definitely the message of my first book and how if you're in an unstable, uncertain place in your life, it's just that much worse to go online and see how, you know, everyone is doing so amazing, but you, obviously it's fake, but you know, it still hurts in the moment when you see everybody's fabulous lives. And then for a second book, I 
wanted a topic that was like equally compelling that I was as excited about. And it took time. I mean, there were three years in between my two novels and there, that's no accident. I mean, yes, I was busy. I have three little kids, Yeah, but it also just came from really wanting, you know, a strong idea and Mm -hmm. marriage really hit me. And I was like, I really want to write about marriage. So fascinating. I'm so intrigued by the concept of monogamy have been inspired by Esther Perel and what she has to say on the subject and felt like marriage is the next topic that can get me excited and really get the creative juices flowing. So once I decided marriage, then it was just a question of like, creating the characters and what's my particular story going to be. But I didn't really worry if people would like the book as much as the first one. Cause like, it's so out of my control really. Yeah, you know? I, I was going to ask you is if having gone through it before, if you learned something about the way that books can be received or, or anything about that. I've learned that, you know, you really have to have a thick skin, which I luckily pretty much do. Um, not everything's for everyone. And yeah. Lot, I mean, two very intelligent, you know, well-read people can have very different opinions about a book and everybody comes to it with their own life experience and their own biases. So, you know, it's like going to see a play. I mean, I go with a friend, I walk out and I, I, you know, I went to see Mean Girls with friends. Um, I thought it was amazing. I was so impressed with the way that they adapted that into a Broadway show. My two friends thought it was boring and wanted to leave it intermission. They're really they're really bright girls and they see a lot of shows. We just had a difference of opinion and books are no different. And so, you know, one or two negative reviews, if you go on Goodreads, people can be cruel because there's also a lot of anonymity online and you kind of want to write back like, okay, but like you try to write a book. Right. You can't. Right. That would drive Um, me nuts. Do you have to, like, do you feel like you have to read them or is it part of the deal where you need to know what people are saying. I don't read them anymore. In the beginning, like before it came out, there were advanced copies floating around and I went on Goodreads all the time. It was also to see if there was buzz around my book, like how many people had put it on their to be read list and you know what people were saying. But now that it's out, it really is out of my control. I don't go on anymore because you read enough reviews to see that there's really, I wouldn't do anything differently. I don't write the books for the reviews. So if I were to say, oh, but Cass wasn't likable enough, you know, well, I didn't try to write a likable character. So, you know. It's interesting how given the the, um, story of your first book, that then there's this author-specific sort of social media thing that you can do where you can read what people are saying about you and your book and how consuming that can be if you let it. Exactly. I think it would just be crippling if I read every review and you don't have any idea who the people are. Yeah, so sure. you just, this could be like a complete lunatic writing it. It could be <laughs> a brilliant English teacher, but you have right. absolutely no way to know. So well, the- I don't really spend my time with that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to, you know, if I, if 20 people said, oh, she should have done this what does that, where does that get me? You know, True. so I, I don't, I don't get involved. Well, the good news is everything that I've read is so glowing and positive and I love the book too. And so I, you know, as I said, it, it's so exciting to me that you've written it because you did such a wonderful job of making these characters complicated in the way that real people are. 
and unpacking the weirdness that is marriage and how as, totally. as you, you know, show sometimes the people we're closest to are, the, are not necessarily as informed about who we are as they might otherwise be. And I was curious what your, I don't know, as you wrote it, how you felt about the idea of secrets and in relationships. I think that there are different kinds of secrets, obviously. There's affairs, there's like a tricky mother-in-law and maybe you, you know, keep your opinion to yourself or you have a little disagreement, you don't tell your spouse about it or this and that. There's all different kinds of secrets and they are of different magnitude. I've known couples where the wife or the husband really doesn't like the mother-in-law and so they like secretly talk to their mother when their partner is not around, you know? I think (laughs) that's like kind of a harmless secret, you know? (laughs) Um, But affairs are of a totally different magnitude. There are times where I honestly believe if you have a one night stand, you're better off keeping it a secret. I believe that. And I'm not afraid to put it out there that I believe that, you know, if you are under the influence of alcohol or something else and you make a big mistake, I'm not entirely sure you're helping anyone but yourself by coming clean. Right. If that makes sense. Yes. I've always felt like that. These people that have these grand, like, I want to get this off my chest, but then it hurts the other person so badly and only yes. what feels better is the person that's Right. If you're it. on a business trip and you have a one night stand with someone whose phone number you don't even have and you're never seeing them again, I yeah. really don't see, unless you're unhappy in your marriage and there's bigger issues. But mm-hmm. if you make a big mistake and you just want to make yourself feel better, I don't understand Um telling. So I think that there are secrets that are worth keeping. What I wanted to make the point specifically in my book is that some secrets are small, but they turn into bigger secrets the longer that they're kept secret. And so I think in the book where, you know, Cass feels bad about the way that she sort of, you know, met Jonathan and it didn't go the way, I don't want to give too Mm -hmm. much away, but it's, it's not the way he thinks it is. I think that had she told him on date five, oh, just so you know, this is how we really met. Yeah. It would be like, oh, oh, really? That's crazy. That's funny, you know? But when years go by, when is the appropriate time to be like, honey, I need to tell you something Um, that happened eight years ago, you know? Right, and then it's like cumulative over time. It snowballs. Yeah. And I think that this can happen a lot. I was talking about this with my husband about, you know, how many partners somebody has had before and so you might want to lie for in either direction like a a person might want to amplify the number because really like they were timid and they didn't come out of their shell until they were older but they're a little embarrassed about it so maybe they've only slept with one person before or nobody before or they've had like a very full past and they're embarrassed and they want to limit it and then so you know you're on your date and you say oh I've only slept with one person or I've slept with 12 people before. And then at what point into the relationship, three, four, eight months later, do you say, remember on the first date when you and I were having that drunken talk about how many people we've been with? I actually lied about that, you know? Then the person doubts other things you've said. And so I think that over time, small things can turn into big things. And that's when they get complicated, extra complicated. Yeah. And, but that's what is so great about the book is that everybody's relationship is complicated. And this is the story of uh, one couple that's dealing with something really complicated, but everybody has stuff. 
Everybody has stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I get annoyed like when people imply that books about marriage are for women. And I want, I want to encourage my listeners to um, read it, men and women. I think it's such a great way that you develop the story by sharing both sides and that men, husbands and wives can relate or boyfriends and girlfriends or whatever. And I just feel like that's so important. And I was wondering if you're getting feedback on that. People are definitely appreciative that I shared both sides. Although I do get questions like what sort of made you think you could write the man? And, you know, they didn't necessarily read the book yet. I think once they read the book, they will feel confident that I captured the male voice well. I certainly had male editors read it over. I had my own husband read it over many times and help me tweak. That's really not how I think. That's Hmm. not really sure that that detail would get observed the way you've captured it. And it was helpful. But I mean, I'm a writer for a reason. I'm partic- I like to think of myself as a particularly observant person that picks up a lot of what goes on around me, including from men. So for me, it was like a non-starter I, to yeah. just write only Cass's view of the marriage because this book is all about everything that happens to them and how they both see it differently. When you and, would, Sorry, when you would get um, feedback from men, did you learn anything about the way that men think that you could provide the I mean, women out there? I think, yeah, I mean, there was like little things. I mean, frankly, well, I guess there were little and big things. I'll start with a little okay. one. I mean, a male editor would say something like, we don't, you write, no straight guy is like, she wore a linen jumpsuit, okay? <laughs> we don't know what a jumpsuit is. We have no idea what a jumpsuit is. And even if we know what linen is, we're not noticing that it's linen, you know? <laughs> you would say something like, the color, like yeah. they, we would notice it was black or white or pink or whatever. Okay. And like, you know, she was wearing some black pants type thing with a top attached, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> the way a man sees it. I remember I dated a guy very seriously when I was about 21, a really smart guy that I went to yell with. And he actually did not know the difference between a dress and a skirt. He thought that a dress was a fancy version of a skirt. <laughs> I swear he only had brothers and he was like, like a dress. I was like, I don't no. you know, feel like wearing a skirt. I think I'm going to wear a dress. And he was like, what's the difference? He's no. like, it's not that fancy. And I was like, what does fancy have to do with it? And he was like, well, like a dress, is like a fancier version of a skirt. Right. I, love I was like, no, actually it's not. It's a totally different article of clothing. Wow. Okay. This yeah. is informative. I appreciate it. So that. that was helpful. Um, those kind of little comments, but also like, in that, I hate to generalize, but, you know, like, I do think men have a more gestalt view. So, like, while a husband and wife might have an argument and the wife sort of stalks away and wonders, like, what is driving his behavior? What is driving this aggression? Yeah. And the husband walks away and is just like, oh, I hate her. Oh, she's awful. Like, a more blanket approach, you mm-hmm. know, just like, or almost like, women be crazy, you know, <laughs> and, like, walk away which is a general like head shake, you know, and not sit around and analyze for hours. Like, why did she get so upset when I offered to walk the dog and Mm -hmm. said that she looked tired, you know, like they're just like, Oh, I offered to do a nice thing. And she wasn't nice about it. Like she's she's the worst. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, where have you been surprised hearing people's opinions about Jonathan and Cass? I, I guess I'm a little surprised people really, don't have as much sympathy for her as I would have thought. 
I don't know. I'd be curious to know what you think. I mean, yeah, I, that's kind of how I felt. I, I'm on team Jonathan. You're on team Jonathan. So yeah. most people were on team Jonathan and I'm okay with that because what I also wanted to capture is that we know a lot of everyone knows couples. We are surrounded. It's a couple's world and we're surrounded by couples. And from the outside, like we can't always understand what draws these two people together, yeah. you know, and you might go to a wedding or go out with another couple and be like, I just don't get like what makes them tick and why they're into each other. But like, it's not for us to say, mm-hmm. you know, and there's something about her that he finds almost like addictive, you know, yeah. even if she doesn't always treat him that well. Well, I, I also related think, more to her, though. I feel like I'm more similar to her, but I liked him better. <laughs> I, don't know I think that that's says. generally how a lot of people oh, okay. feel. But I would say that one thing that really can't be, you know, sort of understated is that the power of physical attraction, particularly mm. for a man, is very important. And so while people say like, oh, but, you know, she wasn't that nice to him, he's very sexually attracted to her and is a very important thing for him, you know? And that's a, I think it's important for women too, but I would say it's more important for men. And the fact that like he finds her beautiful, he wants to sleep with her. Like these are not small things and there's a certain amount of abuse he's willing to take for it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it does feel like that there's a magnetism there that keeps him coming back to her. Um, Okay, I was reading in um, Anne Helen Peterson's book about uh, Jennifer Weiner and how she's sort of encouraging the literary community to be more welcoming to books written by women, especially when they're about relationships. And I was just wondering in your career, have you felt um, that you've been respected in that in that way? I've been mostly surrounded by women. I mean, it is a heavily female industry. Mm -hmm. So I think it bothers me when a man writes a book about relationships, like a Jonathan Tropper, and it's considered like absolute, you know, literary fiction, the next great thing. Yeah. But a woman does it and it's just like, oh, here goes a woman churning out another one. Chiclet or whatever. Yes. Mm -hmm. It bothers me. I don't really have... A solution. I don't yeah. know how much further a woman has to go to, to, to write something that's considered literary fiction. Mm. I think for a man, it's maybe it's just so much more rare that a man chooses to write in that genre. And maybe yeah. there is something more impressive about it because maybe it doesn't come as easily to men to write these kind of relationships book, books. Maybe we're just better at it. And so it's more common. I, I've always felt respected, Good. but I've also basically always been surrounded by women female agents, female editors, female editor bosses, uh, female publicists. It's like a, feels like a professional sorority. So I haven't ever felt myself getting dismissed. And people sometimes say, oh, good, I'm looking for another beach read. I want another beach book. But you know what? Ultimately, if they're willing to buy my book and call it whatever you want. Yeah, sure. Read it wherever you want. (laughs) Right. And who's to say that like something you read on the beach isn't a good book? Amen. Well, and come on now. I feel like, as you said, you went to Yale, you went to Columbia Law School, you've had so much success. You have nothing to prove, but it would annoy me, and that's why I asked if I felt like people weren't providing me the respect I deserved. I, so far, I really can't complain. I mean, there are times I wonder, like, if I had submitted under a man's name, like, how yeah. the response would have been different and probably 
that this book, I think, would have even been better received coming from a man. But mm. I am who I am and I'm proud of yeah. writing. So I would never want to like hide behind another name, even though people do it. My last question, because I know I've, I've taken up your time, but um, we always ask everyone the same thing, which is what do you keep in the trunk of your car if you have a car? Do you have a car? No, I don't drive. You're in New York, <laughs> yeah. Do you have yep. a bag that you carry around? Uh, yes, I'm like a super no frills person. Ooh, minimalist. So, a minimalist. I carry two things, a wallet and a cell phone. And no. That's, that's Those are the only things. I actually just went on my book tour with my mom. She came with me to one of the cities. And I was like, wow, it's actually really helpful to carry a lot of things in your bag. <laughs> like when my breath was bad, she had mints, something got stuck in my teeth, and she had toothpicks. I got like really bad cramps and she had Advil. Right. What are you doing? And I definitely saw the merits of a well-packed bag, but I also like really, I'm just so no frills and yeah. I, I don't want to be weighed down by a heavy bag. So it's always cell phone, wallet, nothing else. I can't believe it. Like, wow. That's it. That my sister does that. And then she just had this incident where she dropped her phone in the toilet out at a restaurant. It like was one of those automatic ones. So the phone went up and out immediately. And so she was like, I'm getting a purse that settles it. That's so funny. Yeah, no, my, my friends are always like when we, if we go shopping, oh, I need a bag with a lot of compartments for all my stuff. I'm like, no, just a bucket that holds my phone and my wallet. And that's it. It's like, I'm a minimalist in in everything. Wow. Cause our theory is that whatever you keep in the trunk of your car or like the bag that you always have is like symbolic of where you are in your life. And usually people with kids have a ton of stuff. Like, no, I'm at the mercy of other people. Like if my kid (laughs) falls, like I'm asking everyone for a band-aid. I like that. This is unusual. Yeah, I don't I don't carry Purell like most people have like <laughs> wipes and Purell and all that stuff. I like My this kids one. aren't really babies anymore. I feel like Well, and maybe they're... if you don't have all the stuff on you, then they'll be more self-sufficient maybe. Yeah, they don't ask. They don't say like juve gum, wow. juve piece of candy, juve a band-aid, nothing. Oh my gosh, I feel like you cracked a case here. We should I just, but you can't this. force it. Like, I just don't like to have anything. And they really, I'm saying it, like, they honestly never ask for anything. So I guess I know that I don't have one of those Mary Poppins bags. Oh my God. everything you could need. You've got it all figured out. Well, you're yeah. off the hook. Uh, not exactly. I um, loved your book, and I just congratulate you on a job well done, and I hope you keep writing. Thank you. I have another book coming out next summer. No, you do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one's a family drama. Wow, you never stop. This is fantastic. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No, I love it. I love what I do. Well, congrats. Thank, thank you for you having so me. Thank you for coming on the show. All right. Thanks Have so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much. You too. Take Bye-bye. care.